Hello and welcome back to Community Connection. I'm Iowa City Mayor Bruce Teague. Vaccinations for the COVID-19 virus are well underway across the country, including right here in Johnson County. As Iowa moves to the new priority group, we wanted to go over who is eligible for the vaccine and how it will be distributed. And joining me today is Susan Villata. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Mayor Teague. Glad to be here. Yes, so excited that you're here today because the COVID-19 COVID vaccine is definitely on the minds of a lot of people. And we have moved into a phase 1B and we want to learn what is that about? Tell us. Right. Yeah, we're happy to be here, right? And we're happy that so many people want to be vaccinated. But at this point, we're right in, you know, the phase 1B. So those 65 and older can be vaccinated through the whole phase 1B. So it's not like they're at the beginning or the end. They're through the whole phase. And there are these five tiers then that have been determined by the Iowa Department of Public Health, along with that IDAC committee, the okay. Infectious Disease Advisory Council. Tier one includes uh, preschool through 12th grade staff members, child care workers, um, firefighters, police officers, other kind of first responder types. Um, tier two, so we'd finish tier one first before we hit two, would be food, agriculture, um, manufacturing type workers in spaces where they, they can't social distance. So not every factory, um, not every distribution center, but a place where folks can't distance either where they live or work in that work setting. And then also individuals with disabilities living in home settings and their direct care staff. So that's tier two. Then tier three is staff and individuals uh, living in congregate settings, not college dorms at this point. And then our government officials working at the state capitol during legislative session. And then four is um, hospital long-term care and child safety inspectors. Okay. And then team five, so there's five that are set up, uh, correctional facility staff and individuals that are incarcerated, that's five. So how will people be notified? Because this is, a, I mean, it's a list and there are some exclusions when you're talking about the factory workers. So how will people be notified that they're eligible? Great question. So for those 65 and older right now, where we've started is with our hospitals um, and pharmacy partners. We're, we're really lucky in our county that we have so many people available to distribute the vaccine, to administer it to folks. We have lots of pharmacies. We have our two hospitals, right? So it just makes the most sense for us to utilize those spaces first. I know a lot of people are asking us about different community sites for vaccinations and we might get there down the road, but right now the safest and most effective places are those places. Um, and so we're starting with those 65 and older that UIHC and Mercy are drawing on patients that they've had in the past. Soon, maybe even today in the next few days, those folks that haven't seen a UIHC or Mercy provider in the last two years, don't, don't freak out too much. We're, we're accounting for the rest of you as well. Again, that's just a starting point. And so those folks will have an ability here very shortly um, to call a number and get some more information uh, to be counted. As far as the employer side of things, 
that you're going to want to talk to your employer about. Um, we're working very closely with the schools and the child care centers and the police and the firefighters. So we will get you where you need to go for the vaccine by working with leadership at those different um, organizations. And, and I think that makes a lot of sense as far as reaching out to the directors of agencies and, and businesses. Um, but when it does come down to like the elderly, as you mentioned, you know, starting with the hospitals and I, I do have questions about equity and how is that being considered uh, so throughout this approach? Yeah, one, one simple thing, um, you know, we we're hearing from many in the community that uh, a lot of older residents, heck, some of them are on social media, but plenty of them aren't as well. And they said, what, what about us? You know, we've heard horror stories from friends, friends in other states that are, you have to have a computer. So we're making sure that folks can call. We've, we've stressed this with every partner that it can't all be electronic. Folks need to be able to call. So that's just, you know, one tiny example. Um, for folks that speak different languages, um, for folks that, you know, might still be hesitant and need information, we, we have a team of folks here still working on ensuring that those people's needs are taken care of as well. Um, we're working with free medical clinic as we speak. One of my coworkers is to kind of figure out a plan working with vaccinations out of there. Um, it's just, it's a matter of time before all these other things get going. Um, equity is something that that's very important to us. Um, but again, I can't stress enough that that's just a starting point. So again, you're going to see in the next several days, other ways that our older residents um, have access to, to sign up, so to speak. Um, there's no list, there's no sign up right this minute, but we'll be giving further instructions on what they can do shortly. Great. Well, it leads me to another question about prioritization of our teachers. Schools will be forced to offer 100% in-person options. And so one of the questions that come immediately is, how will teachers be prioritized and getting the vaccine and how soon will they be able to get vaccinated? So we've been instructed so far, we have to do 50% from those 65 and older and the other 50% need to be from those tiered sort of occupation lists. So for instance, when you get several hundred vaccines a week and they have to be distributed half and half between those two groups, you can imagine there's, there's just not a lot to go around. Uh, so, what we've done is work with a lot of those partners with schools, for instance, there's a, a range of workers within a school, right? So there's maybe your special education teacher that for whatever instance, maybe some of those, those kiddos can't wear masks or they refuse or they're not great at it, right? So should that person have a little bit more of a, you know, priority, they're right there up in, you know, up in, in the face of, of kiddos that may or may not be able to wear masks and are facing different difficulties with distance as well uh, versus maybe somebody that works in the office and they don't have to get real close to, to any students. So we're essentially working with all of those employers to almost create a tiered list themselves. Sure. Because uh, we can't just send the whole school uh, right away. So we're trying to be diligent about figuring out who's most at risk um, and most exposed and get them in for vaccination first. Well, I, I, no doubt is there a lot of information or a lot of uh, conversation happening about when to bring people in, how to bring people in. One of the questions is, is how long 
um, will you be in this phase before going to another phase? Oh, I wish I had one of those little <laughs> magic eight balls at my desk. You know, we, we've heard the state and the governor's office and IDPH at, at different press conferences you know, weeks ago now, throwing out different months or different seasons of the year. And in all honesty, Johnson County Public Health has hesitated in saying April, you know, or we'll be through this in May or this will happen in, in July because we don't want to give any false promises. We just don't. If we knew exactly how many vaccines we were getting each week, we could do a simple simple math from all these different groups and figure out when everybody would be vaccinated in our county. But we're not getting that number. We don't know. You know, Some, sure. some weeks we get several hundred, um, not several thousand. So it's, it's impossible to tell at this point. And so what I like to tell people is, is we're in the business of telling the truth and the unfortunate truth right now is we just don't know how long it will be to get through these phases. Is there any way for people to go online and see where you are with the number of vaccinations or to even stay on top of what phase you're in yeah. and who qualifies? Good question. The state launched a website, uh, well, part of the website that will show you how many vaccines have been administered in each county and then how many actual residents of that county that they've been administered to. Um, I have those numbers in front of my face. So right. as of today, um, 241,698 Iowans have received the vaccine. 21,666 Johnson County residents have gotten it. And 30,862 people have gotten the vaccine in Johnson County likely because they work here, right? The goal really and the intent right now is where you live or work is, is where folks are getting the vaccine. Um, so that's on their website. And that's also on um, the Johnson County website. That's, there's a link to it. So they're updating that every couple of days now. So it, it's interesting to see across the state how everybody is progressing. No, that's really helpful for people to get online and be, have that access. So there are some people that are uneasy about the vaccine and taking the vaccine. So what would you say to those individuals um, who actually may have the option right now to take the vaccine? Mm -hmm. I understand your concern. That's the first thing I would say, and that knowledge is power. You know, the amount of new information that we've all had to try to figure out and get in our brains and, and share with family and friends in the last year has been so overwhelming to say the least. So that's the first thing I would say. And then it's everybody's personal decision and they have to educate themselves. And as someone who's worked in public health for 12 years now, I suggest you get your answers you know, from scientists um, and sources like Johnson County Public Health and, and the Iowa Department of Public Health and CDC and healthcare providers that you trust in our community for, for folks to make their decision because there's a lot of misinformation out there. There is a lot of misinformation and I would agree that people go to the source, look at the science, uh, listen to the scientists behind the vaccine. One question I do have, and I've been hearing this a little bit, can people who get vaccinated actually spread the virus? Good question. Good question. So while the vaccine will likely prevent you from getting sick at all, or at least seriously ill, it's, it's really unknown if you can still carry and transmit the virus to others after being vaccinated. 
scientists aren't completely sure yet. So you have to assume that once you've had the vaccine, it, it might still be possible. So still mask and still distance until we know more. Yeah, I think that's wise just to, uh, you know, always cover yourself, uh, abide by the precautions. Um, but one of the questions I have is how long um, do you believe that the vaccine will protect individuals within our that take it? Oh, people aren't going to like this answer either. We're not sure yet. We're not sure. We're not, you know, completely sure how long natural immunity lasts and not completely sure how much um, immunity from getting the actual vaccine will last as well. I think, you know, a part of the, the challenging conversation about the vaccine is having conversations like this where it's true facts right now in the moment of what's known. One thing we've learned about COVID is that updates about information comes all the time. So um, true. You know, and so I really appreciate all that the Johns County Public Health is doing because you all have been leaders here and I thank you so much for all you've done. Is there anything else you want people to know out there? The one thing, another thing I didn't get to say about safety that I think people should hear, Bruce, are that the vaccines are, you know, proven to be effective and safe among very different groups, right? So they looked at age, they looked at gender, they looked at race, ethnicity, obesity, um, and the presence of other diseases. And it, it worked as well in all those groups. So that's, that's something that people really need to know. Um, the other thing I think that frightens folks is how quickly it was developed. And so even though the vaccines were developed quickly, they're still required to go through the exact same testing, the same standards to make sure that they're safe. No step has been skipped or standard has been skipped. I know many people are continuing to research and kind of learn more about mRNA vaccines. Scientists have been studying and working with mRNA and coronaviruses for decades. So that's, I think, another important learning piece. Um, that actually helps speed up the process as well. So it wasn't like this was brand new information that folks hadn't heard of in terms of coronaviruses or mRNA. One of the reasons why we, we've chosen the methods that we have so far and working with our hospital partners and pharmacy partners is we would rather have, have folks be, be patient, which I know is a really hard word, right? Because we want to make sure everybody is counted. I, I feel the same way about my, my friends and family members. I feel the same way about the whole community. I wish I could get people to understand that. Um, but we also don't want people to be frantic. I know you've all seen that around the country, whether that's folks waiting outside in lines, whether that is calling and calling a pharmacy or a healthcare provider or trying to get online quick and, and steal that last appointment. Um, and while that might happen as, as things roll out here, we're doing, we're doing our best to make sure that, that things aren't frantic and, and we're trying to communicate as best as we can to each and every audience. But we also need your help, um, which is why we're so thankful that you're doing this and that we hope people continue to reach out to us and then spread these good messages as well. Spread this, this accurate information. Like you said, that's, that's changing all the time, Mayor T. We, we got to keep up. And we have to help each other to keep up, whether that's you need something in a different language or you need a member of public health to show up at your at your community coalition meeting to learn more. You, you tell us, you tell us and we will be there. That is the message 
um, that we want folks to know. We want everybody to have their questions answered so they can make their decision about this vaccine. I think that's awesome because I, I think offering more communication with people is, is, going, is going to be key. And this is certainly something that is available in our community. We have a lot of you know, individuals that are getting it. There are some that still have questions and I think the conversations are gonna be pivotal for a lot of individuals. So really appreciate all that you're doing. Um, thank you so much for being a part of today. I really appreciate all that the public health uh, is doing here in Johnson County. Keep up the good work. We appreciate the support of our community leaders too. Thank you so much. That's our show for today. For more health resources and updates, visit icgov.org slash coronavirus. There you will also find details for the city's face covering order. We'll be back next week with another episode of Community Connection. Until then, remember to wear your mask, practice good hygiene, and social distance from others. Take care, Iowa City.